Welcome to Soups On with Dr. Stephen Cook, Superintendent for Ben Lapine Schools. In every podcast, Dr. Cook is serving up the latest news about our schools. Tune in to stay informed about key topics and go behind the scenes to learn more about our great schools and community. Find all the Soups On podcasts at bls.fyi slash podcast. That's bls.fyi slash podcast. And now, here's Dr. Cook. Welcome to the Soup is On podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Stephen Cook, superintendent of Ben Lapine Schools. On the Soup is On podcast, we talk about all things public education, specifically as they relate to our Ben Lapine Schools and the greater community here in Central Oregon. This week's topic is the start of school. Actually, I'm super excited because we're first time ever in this podcast. We're going to have a lot of guests. I have four guests with me today all of whom have been principals in a previous lifetime. They are, they are our directors of schools. We have director of high school Katie Legacy, director of middle schools Juan Quadros, and our directors of the elementary schools Skip Offenhauser and Tammy Doty. Before we get started, um, let's just take just a little bit of time to introduce yourselves to our listeners. Katie, would you mind starting for us? would love to. So thank you, Dr. Cook, for including us today in the conversation. Really excited to be here. So my name is Katie Legacy, and I have been a middle school and high school teacher and administrator uh, for over 25 years. I don't know exactly how long, but a long time. It's been a lot of fun. And this is actually my fourth year as the executive director of high schools. Thank you, Katie. Juan, how about you next? Yeah, thank you. Thank you for the invitation. I'm super excited to be here today because I, I know that schools are going to start next week and just brings the excitement of, of starting school again and having been a, a middle school principal elementary school principal and a high school teacher uh, I just remember the first days of school and it's just super excited so I'm just glad to be here and uh, glad to be to spend this time with you and my colleagues here thanks Juan okay Tammy uh, and Skip we we have we have first of all we have two elementary directors because we have so many elementary schools Tammy would you mind sharing a little bit about your background sure uh, this is my 28th year in the Ben Lapine schools so um, 13 of which I taught third and fourth grade and in the last 14 years I've had the privilege of being a principal in a couple of our schools here in Ben Lapine. So looking forward to be director of elementary programs this year and working with all the principals and schools out there for an exciting beginning of the year. And Skip we're going to round off introductions with you. Oh, thank you very much. So Skip Offenhauser. I have been with uh, Ben Lapine schools for 14 years. I was principal at Buckingham for six years and then I have been uh, the uh, director of instructional technology, director of teaching and learning, and then last year transitioned to uh, director of elementary programs. And I'm very happy to have Tammy Doty working with me to help manage these wonderful 19 elementary schools. So what's a typical day look like? What is, when you get up and say, you know, as a principal, which I think all of us at one point in time in our careers were, I, I kind of knew what to expect, but as a director of schools where you don't have to go to any one school, but you might go to a lot of schools, what's a day look like? What is, uh, how, do, how does that, how does that work? Well, I think it, there really isn't a typical, typical day. And sometimes I, sometimes I wish they, there was, but other times I'm glad there isn't because I, uh, that's one thing I really enjoy about this job is that there isn't a typical day. Um, but I guess you could say during the school year there are typical time frames so during the summertime it's all about getting ready for the upcoming school year 
um, putting together the budgets, looking over the staffing plans, talking about professional development, getting things, everything ready for that first day of school in support of our, of our principals and our families and our, and our students. That's funny. This is Katie. Um, I was just thinking, Steve, you mentioned how it felt like it was a little more typical of the principal, and I actually felt like my role now as an executive director is a little bit more predictable than being a principal. Um, we have plans that we put in place for the day, and those plans um, often need to be, you know, they're taken off track a little bit based on really what the schools need at the time. Um, for example, if we have a, a principal who's calling in and has, you know, something that's happened in their building where they need assistance, um, a safety concern, or maybe a concerned parent that they want to, you know, talk over strategy and how can they best um, serve that parent. I want to be available for those things, so I will always try to prioritize the needs of what my principals are asking for. Um, we all prioritize being in our buildings. It's really important for us to be seen and, con and with our principal and connecting with them and be in classrooms. One of my favorite things to do is to take my computer and go work in, in the commons of a high school and just be available and be there, connect with kids and, and staff. I think it's important for them to see that they are really important and we, we want, we're there to support them. So, um, and then we're also involved, of course, in meetings and planning, as Skip mentioned, budgets, um, making sure that we've got systems in place that support the work of our schools. Um, so just, um, there are some predictable pieces, but a lot of things that aren't predictable, and I actually enjoy that about the, about the role. And Katie, I would, I would just add, you know, during the summertime where we're getting a lot of preparation and you, you talked about going back into the schools, once we get the school started, it, it, it then becomes us getting out into the schools mm -hmm. and making sure that we're, we're connecting not only with the principals, but connecting with the kids too, because that's, that's the, uh, the, the prime objective of our, of our job is to make sure that our schools mm -hmm. are the best that they can be for our kids. So I think we understand a lot better the, the role of a director and the impact that you have in schools now. And I think that that's going to help our listeners with this next part. But I'm really most excited to talk about the excitement of the beginning of the school year. And from your perspective and hearing about that, um, just kind of what it's like to, to think that at this particular time frame where we're just about to get going uh, and by the time we get this podcast pushed out it'll actually be about the start of school so there are there's probably going to be a lot of energy around it so I actually want to start off with I would love to hear your absolute most memorable first day of school either as a student or as a school employee from each of you because I think we all have memories that that maybe even drive some of the, the why we're in this work that I'd love to hear from each of you what that might sound like. Well, Steve, I, uh, I know our listeners can't see this, but I have here with me a scrapbook of my educational history from kindergarten through college. And one of the pictures I like to reference at the beginning of every year is a picture of me the first day of first grade. And, and in that picture, you can just see this, the excitement, the anticipation, the, um, I know I had to have been probably sitting there, you know, excited to learn something new and, and go home. And I've got my dress my mom made on there. And, and so it's just, this is something I like to look at every year and remind myself that that's what all our kids are experiencing. And what can we do to recreate a first day of school that's as memorable for everybody each year? So that's, that's one of my favorite little things. Nice. Uh, yeah, I think one of, one of my most uh, first memorable times of going to school was um, was kindergarten actually it was, was kindergarten the kindergarten time and and uh, and at the time uh, I didn't speak any English I was an ELL student I still consider myself an ELL student a bilingual student and it was really uh, impactful to me because 
well, I didn't speak any English, right? And when I got there, I noticed that other people didn't speak Spanish, right? They didn't speak my language. And so it wasn't until uh, the school and the, and the kindergarten teachers had to find someone quickly to integrate, you know, this little kid who didn't speak any English into the classroom. And I thought, wow, this is, this, that was a really uh, impactful time for me. I'll never forget it. Her name, and I think this is the part where uh, a lot of our kids come into school, and particularly kids who make that transition from home to kindergarten, from sixth grade to eighth grade, or fifth to, to middle school, middle school to high school, that first impression. And I think those first impressions are super important um, as kids are getting excited. And so for me, I'll never forget that moment of kindergarten going to, going to school. And I think that's why I'm in the business that I'm in and doing, working with schools, working with kids to ensure that uh, there is somebody who can who can make that connection and like I mentioned before those relationships relationships are so important in the work that we do well on that that's really powerful thanks for sharing that one so I you know I had a hard time trying to come up with with one and um, my one example I had originally was kindergarten but I think I'm gonna switch to a high school experience so really it was a year-long um, experience I had with an amazing teacher who was so inspirational she taught U.S. history from a minority perspective. That was the title of the course. And um, she was very focused in on looking at events in history and, and analyzing them, asking the students to analyze them from all the different perspectives. At the time, um, from the Chicano perspective, from at the time African-American perspective, from the female perspective, and really wanted us to dig in on what did that look like from all those different views and perspectives. And it was such an impactful class because we are encouraged to debate, to discuss, to disagree, um, to articulate an opposing point of view. And I just feel like that kind of education is what we want to see in our, in our buildings, in our schools, as kids really engaged and listening to each other and not always necessarily agreeing, but learning what that looks like and um, trying to understand um, events in our history from another person's perspective. So that year really stands out for me, and that teacher was really inspirational. Do you remember that teacher's name? Yes, Brady? Myra Lee. Wow. She just passed away last year, but we kept in touch for years, and she inspired me to go into education. Wow. So yay to social studies teachers. <laughs> <laughs> Very impactful. I'll take a different approach. I, I remember vividly my first principal position and I remember coming into the school getting my keys sitting down and then it hit me and said wow I'm this is the buck stops here I, I'm, I'm in I'm in charge of this school and the the amount of responsibility just hit me and then um, and I and I just think about that and think about um, you know the the responsibility that I had not only to uh, my teachers, but also to uh, my parents and then to, to the kids. And um, uh, being a principal was the absolute best job that I think I've ever, ever had. And I hope that for all of our principals and for especially our brand new principals, and we have several of them in our, in our district this year, that I and my colleagues are providing them with, uh, with the support that they need to have a successful first year and, and realize their dreams of what they've been aspiring to. So for our listeners, I just have to tell you that that Tammy literally has a scrapbook here in front of us <laughs> that is probably three inches thick that has pictures of her in elementary school and secondary school. And we've been looking at it while we're doing this podcast. And uh, it just is such a powerful statement of 
the importance of this work. And here she is many years later as a director of schools in her first year in that role and, and looking back upon the impact that those adults had in her life at that time. And so I just, I, I think there's a moment here that's really emphasized by the fact that that's in this room. So I just, I, Tammy, thanks for bringing that <laughs> and keeping this pretty real for us. I actually really like the story I wrote when I was eight called If I Ran the School. It's in there it too. It was foreshadowing. I it, love was, it. it was, it was. And Tammy's also wearing a shirt that says love, empathy, compassion, inclusion, justice, kindness. I mean, wow. <laughs> Okay. Well, it's what we're it's what so we're, we're trying around. to gear up for and and ramp up all the time in our schools, right? Okay, so let's 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 that was fun and I enjoyed it tremendously. But let's talk about our schools, our students. Um, what are going to be the most challenging issues to get our schools ready for our students in in the upcoming days? And and I know they've been working hard at it diligently already. Uh, you know, we're recording this. Uh, just at the turn of, I think it's just now September 2nd, so we're, uh, we're in the middle of getting schools ready for, for students' arrival in a week or so. What are those challenges that principals are actually trying to solve right now in real time? Well, as, as Juan mentioned so eloquently earlier, I mean, we are in the, the business of people, and so um, our principals and their uh, team members and other uh, building leaders have really been focusing on getting the right people in their buildings um, serving um, whether that's a support role you know as a secretary a custodian educational assistant or a teacher in a classroom so a lot of time and care goes into selecting the people who are going to be on your staff Um, training and planning for learning is really key Uh, for example in the secondary level 6 through 12 we've been working on canvas and how do we come up with some key expectations and kind of guidelines for teachers so that things are clear for our students and our parents around utilization of Canvas. Uh, The budgeting piece is big, and of course, transportation and making sure our kids are fed. I mean, those are all really key components. Um, What stands out in my mind right now in in the kickoff uh, of school is opening the new high school, Caldera. Uh, I've been out to the school several times, and there's just an amazing team out there working hard to get the building ready in terms of like just the facility itself but also bringing a whole new staff together, people from our district who've been educators in our district and also folks outside of the district and helping to unify them into a team that's gonna welcome um, our students to Caldera. It's really exciting a time for them. And I know that Chris Boyd, their principal, actually said he's hired over 87 people wow. in the last um, six to eight mm. months. So he's been very that's busy. Impressive. That's impressive. <laughs> he hasn't had much of a yeah. summer, but doing a lot of hiring, which is really important. And uh, at the elementary level, um, again, some of what Katie just said, a lot of hiring, um, a lot of uh, putting kids into classes, um, uh, predicting you know, where, where the kids are, are coming in. It can get a little bit tricky at, tricky at times, so solidifying those class lists and making sure that all the teachers are placed correctly and that the classes are, are right uh, as close to our target numbers that, that we want. Um, and I know we don't want to talk about um, uh, COVID and what we're doing, but we do have some limitations. So keeping in mind those limitations, how can we keep our school year as normal as possible and welcome our families in under certain limitations is, is really what our, what our goal is. So I know many of our schools have been planning uh, kindergarten events, have been doing virtual um, open houses for other grade levels. 
and so they're being really creative in trying to make uh, this school year as uh, as normal as possible and and welcome all of our kids back to a, a school year that is um, uh, reflective of what we what we normally do um, and I think uh, you know the well, I mentioned kindergarten. I, I can't. <laughs> I have to do the plug that if you're listening to this and you have a kindergarten stu age student, make sure that they are enrolled. Go uh, call your uh, call the, the district office or call your neighborhood school and figure out what you need to do to get them get them into our into our schools. Well, let's let's just stay in the the elementary school range, Tammy and Skip. What uh, what should our families expect at our elementaries? I think uh, they should expect the same great service we always, you know, provide regardless of where we're at in the world. And, you know, that's one in which their, their child is a part of a classroom community uh, in which the teacher is, knows their name, they know their strength, the things that they need, where their student feels safe, um, they look forward to coming to school, uh, they feel included and respected for who they are and where they're from, what they believe. Um, that students are going to receive instruction and support that meets all their individual learning needs. So they've got, you know, we can expect that. We can expect um, a lot of emphasis on social, emotional, and mental health right now uh, because we know that that is important in, um, in a development of a child and in feeling uh, ready to learn. So I think that that will be a big, big part of the first few weeks of school. And I would echo what Juan said earlier. Mm -hmm. It's about building relationships. We yep. th these first couple of weeks is really uh, taking the time to get to know um, who the students are, but who the families are, and uh, taking the time to know know all of the students by their name, by their strength, and by by their need. Like you said, Tammy. Mm -hmm. So Juan, what about middle schools? Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Uh, middle schools. I think uh, what 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 parents should expect is that uh, our teachers, our staff, are going to take a holistic approach with our middle school uh, kiddos. Middle school doesn't need to be this scary place, and I think our teachers and our, and our staff at the middle level do a really good job of doing that. It, you know, everybody thinks, oh, my kiddo, if you're coming from fifth to sixth grade, they're going off to middle school, all oh, that scary place. It quite, quite honestly, it's not a scary place. It's actually an inclusive place. Our staff does a really wonderful uh, uh, job in including all perspectives, all students from all places to ensure that they're safe, safety first, right? We want to make sure that the environment is safe emotionally, physically. Um, I know our staff does a wonderful job in having a clean, beautiful uh, place for kids to arrive. And if you go to our schools, you'll see that they're wonderful places to be for learning. And, and our staff also does, creates learning communities. We often don't think about that, but those are learning communities not only in terms of the academics, but in terms of uh, their their social emotional health as well. So that's those are the, the a few things that um, that uh, our families can expect. And of course, yes, all kids will get a locker because they always ask that question. <laughs> will I get a locker? Yes, all kids will get a locker. <laughs> Katie, how about our high school? Uh, well, I'm going to echo the thread that I think you've heard in you know, all the responses so far, which is just the importance of relationships and building connections. Um, students want to, will feel um, like they belong in their high school, that there's a community there, that there's adults and other students who care about them. Um, also, I'm, I'm just so excited about all the opportunities available in our high schools in terms of elective offerings. There's just so, such a rich array of opportunities for students. 
We want our students to feel challenged academically, um, to be pushed. Um, I think that's healthy because we want them to be learning and, and moving forward and to find that our high school is an exciting place to be. We really emphasize connections outside of classrooms as well as in classrooms in high schools. So there's a lot of research that says that the more students are connected with other sort of extracurricular activities, whether that's drama or music or a multicultural club or um, sports, that that really leads to success in high school and enjoying high school, honestly, and success after high school. So we really emphasize the importance of students to be in being connected in many ways, in addition to their classroom work and their teachers, but outside of their classrooms as well. So that's a big focus at the high school. The, the parents that, that are going to push us on mm-hmm. saying social-emotional learning to just mm-hmm. feel good, there's low expectations. So I think uh, learning starts with taking care of our brain, you know, being able to learn academics, being able to learn reading, math, writing, critical thinking, um, all starts within our brain. And when a student is having um, struggles socially and emotionally, um, they're unable to learn. And so, you know, being able to spend time teaching kids about how their brain works, about how we can regulate ourselves, our thinking, our thoughts when we aren't feeling um, able to learn is critical to to learning um, along the way. And so I think that it's not at all fluff. It's really the core basic of the human brain and, and how that it works. And so um, it's key that we teach kids to self-regulate and be able to um, know that it is okay to have emotions and and when we are not feeling certain ways that we have the tools to uh, help us feel better to learn and, and and i do think it's important that if people are concerned and are worried about expectations in their classrooms isn't it fair to just say you need to just go check in talk to your teachers talk to your principal see that you're that it is true that your student is being pushed Uh, to grow academically. I think it's important that we normalize it being okay to not be okay or to to um, yeah be able to talk about it you know with kids and so we're starting that all the way from kindergarten all the way through high school. And I would agree that the first connection is with the classroom teacher to establish that relationship with the classroom teacher. We want our teachers of course to uh, connect with the kids, but uh, to have a relationship with the parents too. This is a, a team effort, and together we're 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 going to uh, achieve greatness. So, I would encourage parents if they have a question, if their son or daughter came home and was sharing their day, and the parents had a question about something, just contact the classroom teacher and say, "Can you tell me a little bit more about?" And just start it off that way. Thank you for that, Skip. That's a great clarification. So we, we mentioned all of our brick-and-mortar schools, but, but we actually have uh, another school that we haven't really talked about for our, our families that have chosen Ben Lapine Online. Um, should their expectations be different this year? What's, uh, what should those families expect because of that, uh, that different in, uh, learning environment? Is, would one of you like to take that question? I'll, I'll take that one. Um, first of all, I think we are really <laughs> fortunate to have Ben Lapine Online. In my opinion, I think it's one of the strongest, more, uh, more robust online programs in the state. And we've been uh, functioning for well over 10 years, and it's been growing uh, for quite some time. So, uh, like Katie said, the high schools are all about 
uh, connecting, and that's the same with Ben Applied Online. It's not just an online program where students are working their way through independently. Connecting with teachers that are uh, based out of Ben Lapine Online is, is a, a very important uh, aspect of this program. So this week and next week as school starts, uh, uh, parents who have uh, opted to send their students to Ben Lapine Online or enroll in Ben Lapine Online can expect phone calls from those teachers. They can, uh, teachers will be reaching out to uh, connect with them, to build schedules, to talk about how the program works. Um, so that we are making that program just uh, like our, our, our brick and mortar schools. Yeah, and we've learned a lot about how to improve our support for Ben Lapine Online students over the last 16 months. So what we've done is tried to take some of the components that we're working in our CDL, the parents are asking for, and incorporate those into our online program. So really parents and families can choose what level of independence um, would you like to see. So if you're a you know, you could you could be involved in Ben Lapine Online, taking online classes, pretty pretty independently, self-paced. Uh, you're connecting with, with that teacher on the the back end, or you can choose an option where you've got quite a bit of support. You're doing you know regular check-ins every week. Um, you're getting some instructional support that's virtual with a teacher. Um, so it's really a nice sort of continuum of different support options for families. So I really encourage folks to look into that if that's something they may be. You know, considering in terms of virtual learning, I feel like the program has improved um, and just gotten better in the last 16 months. We've learned quite a bit and tried to incorporate that into our program. So we've spent a lot of time talking about care and connection and relationships. Uh, here's the key question for me right now. We're, we are going into a different year. It is different than what families might be expecting. Do we dare let kids and families be excited as they go into school this year? Is that a safe uh, assumption for us to have? What are your thoughts? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, when, yeah no doubt. 100%. When we walk into our schools, Tammy and I have spent quite a bit of time going to our schools and, and interacting with teachers, and the level of excitement is, is, is there. Teachers cannot wait for kids to start. They, they are really looking forward to this. Yeah, I would agree. I think it's going to be new but different, and different in a lot of ways. I know kids are excited to come back. They're, thrive. They're going to thrive in our schools. They're going to do a wonderful job and, and meet the expectation that teachers are going to have for them. Teachers have learned a lot in these last 18 months on how to, how to do school differently. And those differently things are going to come up when kids are in those classrooms, uh, learning uh, in different ways, in new ways, like one, like our new learning management system, Canvas, and that's going to be different. And so I think... Uh, there's a lot to be excited for. At the high school level, I dare to say, there's going to be football games happening. There's going to be, uh, you know, volleyball games happening at the middle level as well. So there's all the, the traditional things that we've done in the past are still going to happen, and kids are going to be excited for it. And, and so new but different. Yeah, it's exciting. Um, I, I just, our staffs are thrilled to welcome our kids back in person, and, and they are gung-ho to uh, make sure that they have a, a high quality learning environment where kids feel safe and supported. We've made a huge amount of investment over the last year and a half in all of our schools in terms of off, you know, uh, additional SEL support that we spoke about earlier um, for folks who need a little bit more support and families and students. Um, in general, I would say K-12, we are ready to serve our families and our students and we're really excited to welcome them next week. Collectively, we, we talk about our students having a path to their dreams and goals once they've graduated. 
Um, what would we want families to know about this school year in relation to those goals? So, you know, we hear concerns about learning loss and that the last year, year and a half has been really challenging and tough. But overall, for students to accomplish their goals, what would we want families to hear from us now? In this podcast, um, what should we say, What should we tell them? I think the most important message, honestly, is that we need kids to be at school, engaged in school. Um, so they're with us, whether that's virtually through Ben Lapine Online or in the classroom. The more families can do to, to get students to school and to reach out if they have questions. You know, if you have a question about something that's going on in the classroom, contact the teacher or contact the principal. Don't be um, shy about doing that. It's really important. We want to hear from you and we want to make sure that you're getting your needs met. Um, and then the other piece I just highlighted earlier about high school in particular, but really it's true at, at all of our levels, is just creating different ways for students to connect, uh, whether it's in the classroom, outside the classroom, different activities they can involve, be involved with. They're going to be a happier student, and they're going to enjoy their school experience. So the more we can create those connections for them. And Katie, just to add to that, you know, the success beyond high school doesn't start in high school. It starts in kindergarten, and and I think that's one of the biggest plugs we can make to families with uh, young children these days is that um, kindergarten and attendance in school matters. You know, again, back to your brain, you know, when you're, you're little and your brain is still growing and developing, that is when it's at its prime to receive instruction around literacy and math and writing. And, and if you are not actively in school every day and you miss out on those learning opportunities, you end up having holes throughout some of your educational career. And it's really hard to fill holes. Um, so there's, it's super important that we're at school every day, and including kindergarten, first grade, those really young years. So, All right, folks, you heard it here first. We want to book in that with they start off in kindergarten with high expectations and, and finish out in high school with a plan for post-graduation in, in Middle and Pine schools and, uh, and all the things in between to help them be successful along that path. All right, I'm just super excited. I want to thank my guests today, Juan, Katie, Skip, and Tammy. Thank you all for coming in. This is a very busy time. Very busy time. Um, Such a great discussion around the excitement of starting our 2021-22 school year. All right, folks, this is a new podcast, Ben Lapine Schools. If you are pleased with the work we are doing on these podcasts, please remember to share them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Additionally, if there are topics you'd like us to tackle, please send us a note at podcast at ben.k12.or.us. Also, please let us know your thoughts. We are always grateful for the feedback. Thanks for listening to The Soup is On, and please remember to always support public education. You've been listening to Soup's On with Dr. Stephen Cook, Superintendent for Ben Lapine Schools. Find more episodes at bls.fyi slash podcast. If you have a topic you'd like to suggest, email us at podcast at ben.k12.or.us. Thanks for listening.